one more time. There we go. Bam. Hard in the motherfucker. We are recording me at this end. It is on. It's on. It's, it's switched on. It's on. Okay. It's on. It's happening. Right. Should we do a little clappy thing? So you got the... No, I just started yeah. recording mine. I think I'll, I'll, <clears throat> I'll manage it. Yeah, you angel. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> this, uh, like my, uh, I sound... <laughs> I think we're getting into the topic a bit too early. We're supposed to have some some bad. <laughs> I can just hear in my laugh that it's like I sound like a like a sick like I was gonna say beaver, but I have no idea what a beaver sounds like. What does a beaver sound like? A beaver sounds like. I don't think that's how beavers sound. Is it? I was talking about a vagina. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, oh, that's crass. I <laughs> know. And that, that sound oh, you was know you're more... low when you make an Australian... <laughs> you know you're low when you make an Australian call you crass. <laughs> <laughs> we do do it best. Um, you dog-ass we... mole. <laughs> there was this... <clears throat> oh, my God. There was this game show in Australia <laughs> when I... in the early 2000s where, like... Um... <clears throat> where this woman, uh, like, it was like Survivor or something, and this, you know, there was some sort of, like, choreographed feud that was happening between two women. And and one of them just said, Game on, Moll! (laughs) 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 And Moll is like, do you still say Moll in the UK? No, we have never said, I've never, ever, ever heard that as an insult. Or yeah, it's like not, 19th century slang. Like it's, 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 it's also, it's roots are in English, like British English uh, for like, uh, like a sex worker. M-O-L-L. Oh my mole. God, really? Yeah. You mole. <laughs> yeah, you, you oh, game a on mole. Yeah, gangster, a gangster's mole. That's the yeah. only place it's used. Like, a gangster's yeah. mole, like a gangster's lady. Um, speaking of like cursed ancient words, um, I found out that the uh, the Renato COVID scenario over Moro, which is just like a, a, a like a name that makes sense to people who are on drugs. Uh, I mean, um, it turns out that it's the English translation of Uber Morgan. Yeah, the day after tomorrow. Yeah, but it, it makes no fucking sense in English because nobody uses the word fucking Moro anymore, and I can't believe nobody told them this. Yeah, like good morrows to you, sire, is like basically medieval. I think that's on purpose. I think it's a, like because it sounds kind of cool in English. Over Morrow. Yeah. You don't think it sounds cool? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I would, you know, like. I thought look, it sounded take... fine. I don't know. I didn't think much about it, but I knew that it, I knew that it was like an anglicization of Uber Morgan. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I think because me Uber Morgan sounds good and it, it sounds cooler, but also it makes sense as a concept. I would have called it just um, uh, Scheiser Yetz. Scheiser Yetz. Yeah, shit now. Shit. <laughs> okay. Or Scheiser why would, Yetz. Why would you have called that? Called it that <laughs> because it would it, because I uh, was talking with people and they were like I was talking and they were like oh this idea of creating these other features and all these things and I went to that I went to that performance and I was also a part of that performance and I wouldn't say that it was something that created like a series of utopias for like the day after tomorrow or any sort of like fictive organization I think it was more sort of like going shit well we can do this right now <laughs> <laughs> that's actually really clever. 
<laughs> yeah, it was very much it, it was very much the rupture of the present. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like yeah. versus like this this oh what's gonna like you know like like Uber Morgan that's for this stupid fucking um, Berghain uh, Morgan is Defraga situation. Yeah. yeah, it's just like you know it seems to be a thing, particularly with like male um, what's the word uh, like not live artists. What's the thing that it's the art that's not not alive? Male visual artists. Um, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> What's the art that's not live art? Oh, you mean that? Oh, that art. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but like that art in parentheses. Well, it's just like it was also you know like it was like this disc collective who did the Berlinale. No, the the Berlin Biennale, uh, like. Um, like a couple of years ago in 2016 or something. And it was just like this really sort of like, all, and like post internet art and all of this sort of stuff. And like, and on Instagram, you have these like artists just presenting these sort of like, like faux deep or like sort of like flat and empty sort of fragments of text. And then mm. it's left to like, to the viewer to like come up with any sort of like, <laughs> depth or meaning yeah. or I sound like an early 20th century uh like art critic but like but it's in like just like people present something that's effectively nothing or that is effectively indistinguishable from advertising um yeah and then and then I just as the viewer speaking only about myself I'm like so is it my job to make this meaningless fragment of text worth something like Yes. <laughs> and so it's like Morgan, yes. like Morgan is die Frage. I don't know. It just it sounds like something that like like an angsty teenage, like an angsty amazing teenage girl would put on like an Instagram, like a really well lit Instagram selfie with like amazing makeup. But Berghain doesn't yeah. even have that. Like it's not even an amazing teenage girl on Instagram. So, no, <laughs> so yeah, it's just like right. Morgan is die Frage. Like okay, cool. Well, yeah. But there's famous <laughs> Like, know, your, know yeah. your friends well and your enemies. And what is it? Keep your friends close to your enemies even closer. <laughs> Beauty yeah. is in the eye of the beholder. <laughs> <laughs> I better the hands worth two in the book. Yeah, and just like put it, put it out the front of like the, the, the Buddhist tag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah. Like, so, oh, like the, like the Champs-Élysées <laughs> in France. I always uh, knew that looking back on what is it looking back on tears uh, laughter would make me cry but I never knew that looking back on tears would make me laugh or something <laughs> here there's actually an amazing I think it's Jenny Holzer is an amazing feminist artist who pioneered text-based pieces yeah um and she's I've just got there's uh yes yes it was Jenny Holzer okay so look at the works of Jenny Holzer it's great it's basically they're basically Instagram posts but it's like from uh I'm not sure what year it's from and she also does lots of things is it pre-Instagram or now it's pre-Instagram though it was like a new it was like this sort of like kind of like uh I'm pretty sure it was like it was like this it was sort of like New York we paste art or something like that like she would go and like we paste up these things and they're just like it's just really simple like poems but as a visual art piece of these uh words it's like really really great um hang on a second there's this one that uh, i'm looking at google images it's like uh, it's like just like oh it's great i really encourage you to google uh jenny holzer now she's like uh talking about like change history and like wait 
destroy superabundance, starve the flesh, shave the hair, expose the bone, clarify the mind, define the... All this really crazy, like, rad femme shit. And I'm like, fucking... Yeah, but that's, you know, that's fun, you know? And so it's like, you're you're not forced to, like, sit there doing all of the artistic labor of like making this fragment actually like mean something. Not that, you know, oh God, like, or like have any sort of like use value basically. Like, like, yeah. uh, like as art. Um, well, I think it's quite, yeah. It's quite interesting that like feminists who women have typically been excluded from art and creating this art that almost like excludes like the nature of like uh, the previously considered te- nature of art by using just like text and creating these like provocative moments and using that as image. And then that was come round, that was like seen as something really radical with some kind of rupture that has come full circle basically to be appropriated by male artists who already have access to like the full discourse of society. Do you want to put being... that on silent? <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Well, can you hear it? Oh, of course. Right. You little cunt of an application. And I'll tell you, every single one of those was from WhatsApp web on my fucking phone, bitch. Like, cunt off. Um, there we go. Okay, it's done. Um, yeah, I think there's something about, like, the idea of, like, well, it's just that there's been so many great feminist text pieces and that that's, it's become, like, a really staple part of, like, visual art and, like, late 20th century art and stuff. And so now men are working within that tradition without the kind of, like, actual friction of the experience that gives that work tangible depth. Which yeah. is why if a, like amazing teenage girl wrote Bergheim's thing on Instagram, it would be great. Yeah. But on Bergheim, it's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I am um, uh, like, basically in order for work like that to, to really pop, it needs to be done by, uh, by an amazing woman, which brings us to our topic for the month. Uh, before we get to that, I am Queen of the Heavens and of the Earth, Empress of Despair, Architect of Your Eternal Suffering, Olympia Bukakis. And I don't have a stable intro because I'm not a stable person. Oozing glue. <laughs> and you're listening to our podcast, Slurry. Slurry! I have no idea how that brings us to our topic of the month. Because in order for that art to work, it needs to be done by an amazing wo- uh, woman or, in, the other wo- in, the, in other words, a sick bitch. Oh, yeah! <laughs> sick bitch! Yeah. Yes! <laughs> Our theme is sick bitch. Sick bitches, wasn't it? You wanted it to be plural. Sick bitch, sick Six bitch, six bitches. Six like, bitches. Six bitches. <laughs> this is our team. Six it's, bitches. It's niche. <laughs> number one, Jenny Holzer. <laughs> like number two, Captain Aaron Yellow. And wait, okay, and what? And Olympia. Why is it that the theme is sick bitch and that we are recording this together in person and there's so many tech issues from my end? <laughs> well. I, th- the reason that there's so many tech issues from your end is probably not <laughs> oh, something that we need to explain to our Okay, I, mean, I shouldn't. No, no. <laughs> I thank you all for your patience. <laughs> I'm trying my best. <laughs> it's, but, uh, just, it's not very good. <laughs> the reason, well, the reason that you suggested it is because I currently literally 100% authentically have coronavirus. I have I have coronavirus. I am I am that bitch. I am that (laughs) I am that sick bitch. You are the sick bitch. Yeah, I am. uh, You're the sick tran of Europe. The sick tran of Europe. (laughs) 
like the trans Ottoman Empire? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're on your way out. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I'm soon to be replaced by a, a, a trans secular republic. Um, yeah. <laughs> I could see me as a trans. I could not see me as a sa- trans sexual republic. Trans sexual. Trans sexual republic. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's what Frankenfurter was talking about. Yeah. <laughs> She's a treat, sweet transvestite from a transsexual republic. Transsexual. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, trans- Transylvania is not so far away from Turkey, actually. Um, but yeah. um, ooh. So what I, would a transsexual republic look like? I'm just wondering. I'm like, look, do we like force people to like live as the as the as the other sex? Like, like so it's like enforced sex change from like birth, or is it like all children get raised as like a non-binary situation, like and like in just in grey, and then when they get to like puberty, they get the choice of pink or blue. I was thinking like more in terms of like the structure of the state. Like, because mm. actually, like, because, okay, this is taking the question way too seriously, but like it's most republics, most republics, and you've got are, the time to do it because you aren't going anywhere. Exactly, most republics are transsexual republics because uh, uh, most of the time the states uh, actually uh, came into being as something other than a republic. Um, so, so like oh. previously, they're a monarchy or like an empire or something like this. And then actually um, through um, uh, acknowledging the truth that um, any state is actually only constituted of the people uh, that uh, among whose, uh, the the relations among whom actually make that state uh, by acknowledging this truth, then uh, it can become a republic, a rule of the people. No, it's, I'm sorry, it's like Queen Elizabeth II is like who I live and die with. Like, absolutely, like... Everyone needs to find their own way to their truth and it's okay (laughs) that you haven't been able to face up to who you actually are as a country yet. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, no, Australia also hasn't, like, Australia also has this sort of, like, has not also also not been able to um, come into being as a transsexual republic because... It is uh, still a Commonwealth uh, with the Queen as its head. So oh this is God. like, yeah, like we, we are still not a republic. So I know what you mean. You're like the, you're like the, the, the fruity member of the family who like is like, everyone's just like politely like, and they're just being like, well, you know, they are, they're very artistic. <laughs> you know, wearing these dresses and whatnot. Who's the rest of the people in Australia's family? Oh my god! Oh, England, Canada. Oh, the Anglosphere. <laughs> okay. Zealand. Yeah, but well, sure. No, I think... like basically the Australians. The joke is basically Australian Royalist is a republic and just can do whatever it wants, but it's formally a Commonwealth, and so it's just sort of allowed to do what it wants. But that's actually like that's the same with uh, Canada and New Zealand. So it's not the fruity oh, one. Seriously. Yeah. Oh god. Like all of them have the Queen as their head of state. So. Oh, it's just a fucking joke. On my politics degree, 10 years ago, like, they said, like, it makes me feel, this makes me feel okay with the fact that I've never done anything with it beyond d- develop my own uh, political theory for a performance art purposes. So, uh, lol. But that was needed to because the degree was so useless. They told us, like, 
uh, on the British, the the very the beginning part of it, they were like, well, you know, the, Britain doesn't have a constitution, but it is does have EU membership and EU law trumps British law. So it's kind of like Britain has an informal constitution through EU membership, which is something like the Human Rights Act, for example, and stuff. And they were like, uh, but this is possible because of like parliamentary sovereignty and things like that. So, uh, but, you know, technically Britain could leave if it wanted to. And we were like, all the students were like, so Britain could leave the EU if it wanted to leave the EU. And the tutors were like, <clears throat> well, yes, but no one would ever be stupid enough to do that. So it's just never going to happen. But we were like, but technically it could leave if it really wanted. Like, yeah. And they're like, yeah, but like, it's really never, ever going to happen. So you, we just, it's really wasting your time thinking about that or talking about that. I mean, what would happen if Britain leave the EU? We just don't need to do it because no one's ever going to do it. Cut 10 years fucking later, bitch. I want to go and fucking nail something to that departmental door saying, fuck you. Well, I, I guess mean- it's not so surprising, you know, because I think this is something that I find um, kind of interesting. Mm. You see this in the pages of The Guardian, the inability mm. of like the, the British liberal middle class to accept that um, like... There's something that they short thought should have happened and it didn't happen. And <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, well, that's ter- that, you've been terribly rude. We're all going to pretend that you haven't been rude because that would be rude and we're polite. Yeah, it's just I don't, like and it's like and this idea that it's like, you know, people would never be stupid enough to do that. And it's like, well, like there were like 51 percent of people like thought that that's how it should be done. And like, yeah. yeah, like you might not like it. Of course, a lot of people really don't like it. And like it, a lot of those people thought that for the, for very much the wrong reasons, but um, yeah. it, it did happen. So what are you going to do to make sure that this is like implemented in the most like just way? And they're like, campaign for remain, even though the voters already haven't. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> guys, come on. Like, I don't. Yeah, it's uh, anyway. Um, but uh, sick bitches, sick bitches. Ah, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah. So to give um, uh, context, um, I am double vaxxed and um, and so like the chances of anything, and I'm like I think I'm ten days into the illness. So uh, she's not gonna die. She's not yeah, gonna this, die. No, no. The sweet, gentle kiss of death is saved for 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 some other lucky person today <laughs> now um what's so weird because i'm in isolation at the moment mm. and i've been in isolation since saturday uh i was uh i was sick for like fr- from last tuesday but uh i was getting false negatives on the quick tests that i was doing mm. um but so I'm still waiting for the Gesundheitsamt, which is like the health office, to uh, call me and tell me how long I even need to isolate for. They still haven't mm-hmm. contacted me because I was saying I think there's something wrong with their carrier pigeons or their fax machine. Um, and um, so... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, you hate pigeons and you don't have a fax machine. That's exactly, why. Exactly. I hate pigeons and I do not have a fax machine. I've never had one. And that, those, those are like two things when I get out, like I'm ready to date. And those are two things that anyone who wants to date me needs to know. I hate pigeons and I don't have a fax machine. So there's no point in sending me love letters by fit pigeon or by fax machine. If you want to do that, 
You send it, send it through to an artfully taken dick on Grinder. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. What about or 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 an incredibly well trained raven or a hole pick as well? Um, a yeah, well trained raven. <laughs> okay. For, for me. your window with a hole pick. <laughs> Look, the, the raven. <laughs> it's knocking in the window. Close the raven. And it's just. Great flame. <laughs> Instead of saying never more, it's just like a whole pig. Wrapping <laughs> <laughs> at my chamber door. Wrapping at my chamber door. And then, uh, wait, it whispered the name. Lenore. <laughs> Lenore. Yeah, Lenore. It's Lenore's just, whole pig. It's just Lenore's whole pig. Yeah, <laughs> I think Lenore's a great non-binary name. Lenore. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, like li- names that start with L-E, I think are quite sexy. Mm. Like. L- exactly. Leonard. That whole pig. Rapping about Jim and Leonard. <laughs> Leonard is. Leonard. Leonard. Oh, and, God. Uh, Le- Le, I I don't know why there's something about that thing, but yeah, it is it is somehow sexy. But yeah, so I'm in isolation, and I uh, <laughs> will be like I might be in isolation until next Friday. They still haven't contacted me to let me know, so mm. um, that sucks. But it's like it's intense, like because I'm writing something that um, like uh, is due next Tuesday or something. So it's kind of it's kind of handy to have, to be like confined to the home, but I keep getting like mental fog, and I can't tell if the mm. mental fog is from Corona itself or from isolating, and you know it's probably both. Yeah, and then also as well, it's often to get mental fog when you're just like stuck in the house writing lots as well. Just, yeah, I find that I can I can only really write in the morning, and Ursula Le Guin like her schedule was that she would write only in the morning. Um, mm. Except she probably wrote more than like one paragraph. Because <laughs> <laughs> she was writing from childhood. She would just write continuously. Writing is a practice. It's very interesting that also when you're writing, what you're doing as well is that uh, the reason why people use such stringent or repetitive forms in writing actually is because when you're doing it, you're creating completely new thoughts mm-hmm. basically as well. Like So that's also why if you're just because I've used stream of consciousness style writing like repeatedly, like, yeah. and it's just like, oh, it's gr- you grind through it, but you know, it's like, and the thing is one of these things where you think that, oh, I'll just sit down and just write something. And um, the time you actually spend, say, researching, creating notes, structuring all these things, you're actually producing the neural pathways capable of conceptualizing this thing and then filling in the detail. Whereas when you just like uh, writing something straight up, then you're just like your brain's just hitting these walls like again and again, and it's really difficult. So I've got a uh, what I'm trying. It's <clears throat> very much in the early phases is a using a transcription app mm-hmm. and just talking and then taking the transcription afterwards and then editing it. Yeah, yeah. I think well in terms of making like working creatively, I think it's always useful to try a number of different ways of generating like mm. material, whether that's text or movement or, or whatever. Um, yeah. I'm just struck by like, cause I feel like I'm, <clears throat> I'm a decent writer. Um, and, and like also 
because I'm playing cello and writing is like the productive mm. thing and cleaning are the productive <clears throat> things that I do. Um, in your sanatorium. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, and um, it's just like, it just really strikes me that like, I'm, I'm like okay at a bunch of stuff, to, but to become really good at stuff, it takes like a whole life. So I'm just sitting here like being like, okay like i'm like as in i'm an intermediate cello player like it's it's difficult Mm. for me to play something and make it sound nice um Mm. like i can do it but only with a lot of effort um and and then with writing it's just like yeah that you do need to like if you want to get good at something you really have to do it like every day and it's just like god there's so many things that i want to be good at but i just don't have the time and i have (laughs) coronavirus yeah 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 (laughs) Uh, which which means I should have the time, but then of course you don't have the time because you're fucking sick. This is the thing that's been lost in this thing of neoliberal self-optimization. Was like, oh my god, you can just do it from your home, and it's just like, it's also as well like, um, or because also I was going to my housemate, who has a, a real job, uh, which I absolutely don't know what one of them even looks like. Like it could slap me across the face, I wouldn't know it, but I hear from them they have a real job, and um, they were saying, and uh, because I worried that you maybe gave me COVID, uh, but it turned out I was just exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> just getting yes. tired um yeah. uh with a negative pcr test uh because yeah i know a bunch of people in london uh in the delta pool of london who um have got vaccination and had negative quick tests but still got covid yeah exactly um, it's really <clears throat> common anecdotally yeah, it's, a... it's really common yeah and we it, yeah anecdot- yes anecdotally is really common and it's also as well that again that um <clears throat> well i think as well that like you've got to bear in mind if you're like a young queer person, you're not necessarily circulating in the same way as the people that they're modeling all the statistics on and stuff like that as well. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. They're saying, Oh, this person is what is that? Well, you don't like live or associate in that sort of like way. So it's just kind of, I think like... it's also just new because like Delta is there's like, it's going around and there's a lot of vaccinated people. So it's the first time mm. that this like population has existed is a whole bunch of people exposed to Delta who are vaccinated so I feel like they're just yeah. being a bit slow in terms of getting uh, the data on that. But it like anecdotally, like almost everyone I know that has had Delta and is vaccinated has yeah. had negative, false negative uh, quick tests. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the situation is that, um, that no one in Europe wants the vaccine not to be working. So there's this like collective yeah. like ostrich yeah. process yeah. of like where people are literally refusing to acknowledge that this isn't working and that this could continue basically for another two years. Well, yeah, the, the, the vaccine is working, but it's like in terms of, uh, I think it's, there's a thing also of like, because I was reading that it looked like last year that, um, that we could reach herd immunity with the vaccine. But given mm. that like people who are vaccinated are getting the virus, um, yeah. then it's very difficult because you would need 80% of people, 70 or 80% of people to be immune to catching the virus. And that's not a thing. So like, yeah. uh, it, but it definitely does work in terms of uh, preventing um, severe illness and death. So like mm. that, like, I think it's important to sort of say that. But yeah, it is also this thing that's like, yeah, it's going to be around. Well, I think it's going to be around for ages. Um, but in the immediate aftermath of this, I will be a god among god X. I'll be a goddess among men, um, yeah. <laughs> because I will be vaccinated and recovered. And I'm just, I'm just going to use that freedom to just 
do what I did before, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> do exactly what I did to get the virus in the first place. I'm going to get a Delta, and next I'm going to get Lambda, and then fucking hell, I'm going to go a Bugatti. Uh, did you say Lambda? What's that? Oh, Lambda's the other variation. There's Delta, Lambda, and Gamma. What? Versions of COVID. Really? Yes. yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lambda is from Latin America. Oh, really? Oh. I'm learning so many Greek letters from this pandemic. And I think, I think that's, I don't think anything. I'm so brain dead. What is your relationship to sickness now or at any point? I like the term sick bitch because of the LSD XOXO song that goes, I'm a sick bitch and I like freak sex. I want to test the limits of my gag reflex. If you want to go to work, then you got to go berserk. Wait, you got to go to berserk if you want to make it squirt. Are the approximate lyrics of it? You've got to go berserk if you want to make it squirt is probably like, that's like the, um, that's the family crest of the antidepressants that I'm on. Yeah. Excellence in perpetuity, or like <laughs> it's like if you want to make it, you gotta go berserk. If you want to make it, it Lexapro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like sure, I like yeah, sure, I can have sex, but if you want to make me calm, then we gotta go beast mode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the coat of arms is just like a sad-looking woman holding a glass of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> And there's like, there's like, there's those t- the the water emoji on like the two corners, and on one side it's white on black, and the other one is black on white. <laughs> exactly. That's it. Yeah. yeah so, so tell me, lonely tears. So, so tell me, tell me more about this. What is well, your attachment to this song? What there's also well there's that song, but there's also another song called Sick Bitch. Mm. And that is by the uh unfortunately deceased due to medical complications, disabled performance artist Catherine Avron Yellow, mm. who was very much certainly a sick bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah completely debilitating uh, uh disability debilitating disabilities, like and yeah, and and, and died uh because of medical complications. And Catherine Aaron Yellow was uh, a proponent of uh, of crip theory and also used to engage in pity porn. And um, which I don't really understand what pity porn is, but I missed their workshop on it and now they're dead. So I guess I'll never go on it. But basically as well, like they were uh, someone who really rejected the very sanitized image that people like to present of disabled people as yeah. well. And a lot of that is to do with, it comes from that, it's seen as a, it's a form of virtue signalling amongst UK institutions or amongst institutions in general to do things with disabled people. But with, with or, or any situation in which it's very difficult, it's really, it's very difficult. It's difficult. And the whole area of disability is uh, difficult. It's really, really difficult because it's like disabled people to have a space and a voice in society rely on uh, other people being virtuous to a certain extent and uh they rely on other people and then what happens though is that but the moment that that goes into something like virtue signaling or something like that what happens is that the other people are being virtuous 
and then they're doing a good thing. And because you're then the disabled person and the recipient of the good thing, it's on the disabled person to then be a good person, like a good disabled person. Yeah. And and be very agreeable with this. But it's a very, the, the realities of being a, a disabled person are very intense and very complex. And someone's good deed will never measure up against the societal level of discrimination that you experience in your whole lifetime and the whole thing and at some point there but then there's this pressure to be like you're in the recipient receiving these good things so you get to be there so you then have to be a good person and then if you stop being a good person you become a bad person and therefore you don't get to receive these good things and therefore you lose your place in society almost yeah it's such a tenuous position right because then it makes your entire career or your existence or whatever um because this logic is also extended into the welfare system Mm. right like um and so it makes your career or your existence um dependent on being uh the recipient of a gift like that like because it's it's something that someone gives, uh, like a person or an institution or a state, gives to a disabled person um, in order to, um, uh, like, uh, because they are good, and then, uh, but they don't have to do. And then Mm. the disabled person, in order to access life or a career or social engagement or or like some sort of, uh, like, uh, existence, basically, um, is, like, is required to be, uh, a gracious recipient of a gift. <laughs> yes, and if there was anyone who refused to be that gracious recipient, it was Catherine Arniello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just on. There's a there's a showcase on Disability Arts Online. It says playlist Catherine Arniello, the legacy of a sick bitch crip, yeah. and it's all one word. <laughs> like, sick. Uh, Sick bitch. <laughs> yeah, she was just fucking great. Like, and um, and she just made art, and she just made art about her experience in a way that was really uncompromising and bold, and that you just don't ever see someone, uh, who is this sick making art that is this provocative kind of thing because it's uh, very difficult in lots of ways and stuff like that. And I really encourage anyone to check out the works of Catherine Arianello because she was uh, I've always found her really inspirational. Maybe we can put some links to uh, her work Ooh. in uh, in the uh, description for our dear listeners. <clears throat> yes. Okay. So she's got a song called um, "The Sick Bitch Blues," was composed in the aftermath of an illness, and um, it's really funny because it's also as well like it's just her going, "I'm a sick bitch. I'm so fucking sick." Oh, so what's effect up? Amazing. <laughs> like, how does she it's come like up with most- this stuff? <laughs> I don't know how you go on with it. It's just like that. And it's really funny as well. And then also, uh, yeah, I love, yeah. And then to jump straight back into LSD, XOXO, I'm a sick bitch. And I like free sex. I want to test the limits of my gag reflex. Like, I don't know. It's also something about as well. Like, there's something really reassuring in perversion as well. Because I think that queers for so long have been seen as such perverted subjects. And we now, all queer people in the queer community are living through this pandemic, but we're also as well, like the result, the way that this pandemic has been dealt with compared to the results of the last pandemic that the queer population had to go through in which also there was these themes of sickness and perversion were very present again. 
I know with this one, there's 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 been no real discussion of perversion in COVID, and I I'm I'm sad about that. Yeah, because there's also been so like there's people <clears throat> during lockdowns and stuff like that uh, have continued having like chemsex uh, or mm. illegal raves and and stuff like this. Like that stuff has continued, and I think it's been kind of useful. Some of the lessons that we learned uh, from HIV AIDS like about uh, how stigmatizing certain stigmatizing people um, who engage in like what we call like risk-taking behavior or whatever like it doesn't work um, mm. in, instead it drives this behavior underground and stuff like that so there's some stuff that has been really useful but it's just that states uh, have very rarely um, uh, like taken account of this but i think i've noticed like among queer communities there's been some cool stuff around that where people have used it like also um like one thing that's like i don't know if it's perverse i guess it's kind of perverse but it's made it really sort of like clear how much like touch and sex is so important Mm. um like of course it was pretty clear before but, but also like, touch beyond sex as well you know even yeah. just the, the ability to be physically caring and stuff like that and it's also the fact that the queer relationship is always reduced to the sexual relationship so it's not taught in schools or these sorts of things because it's yeah. like but you know even at the same time it's like of course we've all seen these memes where people are like oh well you'll ask a kid if they have a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend of the opposite gender but you won't ask them you know you won't yeah. uh, mention queer sexuality to them in any way shape or form so there is a sexual ordering and that but yeah it's also i remember there was something it was a story actually about how it was like a a queer exhibition how there was this guy who say that he used to just love riding on the back of his boyfriend's motorcycle because it was a way that they could be in contact in public it was the only way that they could do it oh, oh. yeah is that by riding on the back of his motorcycle that they could they could cuddle and hold in public i watch i watch i watch men and boys do this on these scooters um and uh like it's quite cute and like also on the (laughs) the scooters like on the mopeds in italy because i was on holiday in italy recently and there's so many beautiful men (laughs) my friends are saying that we wanted to come back reincarnated as the seat of a moped (laughs) In Italy. <laughs> just all of these beautiful men hugging each other, sitting on top of you. Yeah, but just imagine, right, you you come back as like a moment like this beautiful, beautiful man and he takes such good care of this moped and you're you're with him into his old age and he's still riding it and that bus is getting bigger and wider and wider and wider over time. Amazing. Amazing. Every it's like every day he gets better at hugging you. <laughs> yeah, so there was also where's another really interesting thing as well, right? Is that we've been in COVID for two years now. AIDS was grids, gay related illness and disease for ten years before it was even diagnosed. Okay. Ten years. Ten years. This has been one this is only even two years. It's been like since March. It's been one and a half years and people are like, I can't even begin to see how this is Oh, you know, imagine doing this now, not, okay, in another seven and a half years, then it gets difficult. Imagine that, you know, it would just be like absolutely ridiculous. And the other thing is that, is that um, I saw a great photo set on Instagram 
uh, I hopefully post the link to this as well, actually. Like, because it's a bit, it's, I know, actually, the page is a bit annoying, but this post was really good. The reason that it's LGBT is it used to be GBLT, and actually, gay used to mean every uh, part yeah. of it. Yeah. And the L was moved first to honor lesbians because during the AIDS uh, epidemic, um, people would not be in the same room. Uh, people would not, gay men were banned from giving blood, so lesbians had to give blood. Lesbians had to all. I thought you said right. giving birth. Giving birth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The gay men couldn't give birth. The lesbians had to give birth. birth. And like, imagine banning gay men from giving birth. <laughs> they're just like they're dancing in the disco and they're like, okay. <laughs> sure. Our babies don't live. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Well, they weren't banning them from giving birth. They weren't banning them from getting pregnant. Where are condom? Um, like, yeah, but there was just loads of, there was loads of fucking stuff. Like, uh, people would not be, like, people would, like, mm. leave food outside of, like, hospital doors. Like, they wouldn't go, even go into the same room as someone. Yeah, yeah. Like and that. it's a big thing. There were a lot of lesbians who um, showed a lot of kindness and solidarity during yeah. that. But at the time, relationships obviously between gay men and women were uh, were bad. Gay men used to referring to lesbians as fish, like dykes, yeah. like bitches. Like there were really like there was not there was not a it's not you know this thing of being like there was uh, there was hostility between men and women. There was still actually sexual violence. There's still patriarchal relationships and all of these things. And it was through the shared struggle of AIDS because lesbians like acknowledged what was going on that it happened. And this has moved forward, and it's just kind of like. Um, and this is why gay men are such incredible allies of the lesbian community now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of crazy. It's just, it's the fact that all, yeah, there's just a, a complete loss of communication between the LGBT almost. You know, I remember being like reading like a uh, articles in Out There magazine about how, or like GAY magazine when I was younger, about uh, basically transphobic people being like the T should not be included in the in the thing and then also people being like well you know I do believe we should support trans issues but I also think the trans issues are separate from gay issues so they shouldn't necessarily be included with the GBL and stuff like that and yeah. it's just like but this is speaking of like uh, like the weird cousin of the mm. Anglosphere this is where like uh, Britain is like that that uncle who's standing in the rain with a fucking in a, oh outside God. in a with a with an umbrella up his ass in a thunderstorm, oh like with one of those like with a daisy it's hat. It's the done thing. <laughs> going, I'm not sure about this place of trans people in the queer spectrum. While like lightning strikes the umbrella up his ass. That is the UK on trans issues. It's fucking so hell. weird because the like the left um, and also like the liberals in every other. In every other English-speaking, <laughs> like major English-speaking country, it's like, yeah. Well, every other rich English-speaking country, it's like, it's just like, yeah. Of course, we're like, what, what's the problem? And then over right. here, like, <laughs> like, like Benedict Cumberbatch out <laughs> with the umbrella up his ass, getting struck by lightning. <laughs> with he, Julie Bindle. <laughs> exactly. It's just amazing. Uh, yeah, it's so weird. It's so weird. But yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. it's absolutely it's ridiculous. I hang my head with shame uh, over the conditions of my birth. Not for the first time, not for the last time. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, just that. The, um, but this is uh, like, I guess, something that like that connects what you're talking about with Catherine Arinello and... Um, with, oh wait, like, two seconds, two seconds, two seconds quickly. Like, people from the BBC were allowed to go to the A-Pride but were banned. There was a letter sent round 
banning BBC employees from going to Trans Pride because they weren't allowed to go to protests. Yep. <laughs> and trans number one, lol, and uh, state mandated media was banning its employee, not giving its employees the right to protest. Number two, it was calling trans pride a protest, but gay pride wasn't. Which, what? like, fair call. <laughs> you're like well i'm glad someone finally said it you fucking transphobic cunts yeah. like thank god you finally you've showed your hands yeah yeah god it's crazy i say finally i mean you literally awarded jk rowling that fucking prize so just fuck off but oh anyway um uh, but like what it, like what both of those issues have is that um there's something in common that like the like how sickness like obviously sickness is like socially constructed so like um, mm. there's no like just like with everything else it's like there's no denying that like bacteria and viruses and stuff exist but like how yeah. like how the effects of the, that that bacteria viruses and I don't know whatever else calls causes sickness bad vibes <laughs> bad vibes <laughs> actually um, I the thing is right is that I feel I have a slightly more positive attitude than you do and I think that's why you got COVID and I didn't yeah and it continues to protect me it's protecting me from all STIs that and I don't get tested but, yeah uh, yeah it's, <laughs> You know, someone said your- someone said this about me being gay bashed. It got back to me. Someone, oh. yeah, yeah. Someone said that I um like um because so, someone was talking to a friend of mine and said like um that uh like you get back what you put out into the world. And oh. then my friend said, well, a friend of mine was just gay bashed, and I can't really see how you know like how they put that out into the world because like it was really brutal. And like yeah. they're nice, um, yeah. and this person said, "Yeah, but you know, if you dick, you would find something." <laughs> so, so there's something rotten at my core that was calling out to be gay bashed, and just as I'm gonna is, say your crystal meth addiction, my crystal meth addiction. <laughs> what? Well, <laughs> so, so that the premise of that joke is that people who have a crystal meth addiction are asking to be gay bashed, and I, I have to, I refuse the premise. Of that joke. I think people are All I'm saying is I never smoke crystal meth and you're no stranger to the pipe. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) Something running at that car. Oh my God. You did a show. uh, You did a show about that. Anyway, no, I'm, of course I'm taking the piss. Yeah, thanks. Um, So, um, but so like these things, how they manifest and the effect that they have on our lives has very much more to do with the, like with the, with the way that reality is constructed through the various relationships that we have with each other as a social species. And so like, uh, there was like what this essay that you sent to me that Catherine Aranello, um, uh, wrote, which was talking about. No, Tiari Batani. Oh, there was someone else. Oh, it's because they're oh both, there's another one. No, no, no. Both Italian sounding names. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're both Italian yeah. disabled performance artists. Are they really? Chiari Pisani. Yeah. yeah, okay. So, uh, Chiari Pisani is still alive. Yeah. Uh, it, I think it's Chiara. Um, oh, Chiara, sorry. Yeah, Chiara Pisani. But um, I will also put this uh, in the um, in the uh, description. So, um, and oh, this it is Chiara. Talking... I'm so stupid. Sorry, anyway. See, that's all right. She uh, was writing about how she wished that, like, people would have learned something about their own, like, uh, inherent fragility Mm, um, and how that we share this fragility and this dependence upon each other from this uh, virus. Because she said something like every time they talk about, like, it's only killing people who are old or sick. She's like, I don't think people realise that they're casually discussing my death whenever they do this. Yeah. Um, 
and I think this is a, like a really good point that it's like, like what sickness brings into like stark relief is like the, the dependencies that we have upon each other to survive and then mm. like which lives are considered then expendable or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, yes, yeah, it's fascinating. Like, uh, just also because I happen to have the essay here as well. There's another great part that um, she says immediately after saying, like, you concluded it's me who's going to die. She says as well that uh, coronavirus says, you know, when the people are like, coronavirus is dangerous for the weak and elderly people, people with respiratory diseases, et cetera, et cetera, and all these things. You're like, and then she says as well that, like, I didn't get it right away. During the first interviews, it almost seemed that their words calmed me too, or maybe I just wanted to be comforted, uh, to be considered a subject to be comforted too. And then slowly realizing that actually she is the expendable one as well, kind of thing. And I think that's really interesting how, um, you know, this is a. Uh, like this is a disabled person buying into a dis anti-disability discourse yeah. and then slowly realizing what what's happening in this thing. And I think that that's a, that's a really good, you know, like, and we also, all, all of us at some point can fall prey to um, transphobic discourses or gay, di like anti-gay discourses or yeah. stuff like that. Like uh, just in certain like commonsensical forms of, of thinking, which actually generally, uh, are called thinking, but they generally lack thought. You know, it's not that someone's really thought about this thing. It's sort of just kind of like this, sort of like looking at the way things are and then sort of drawing a vague conclusion from it. Yeah. Uh, for your own comfort. Yeah. Kind of thing. And this is what Hannah Arendt referred to as the banality of evil as mm -hmm. well. That it, it just, it, it, that Eichmann's crime is that he just didn't really think about what was going on. He just didn't really, he signed all these orders without really thinking about what this meant mm -hmm. and his participation in it. And, um, <clears throat> But yeah, that, that when we take these things and really think about it, that uh, there's this and that I just love it as well, because it's also as well, so much, you know, in our discourse now, it's all about being like, you know, very like, virtue signaling and being like, I'm not a bad person. But then there's this great point of being like, oh, I realize that I'm I'm being comforted by this thing at yeah. first because I want to be comforted. It's like I'm buying into this discourse, but it's a bad one to buy into. Yeah. Yeah. It also like when we're when I was thinking uh, about this topic i was also thinking about like <clears throat> like uh because my i haven't been like i haven't had i think i don't have any chronic illnesses um like my experience of illness was that i, I was a hypochondriac from when i was about like 11 to when i was maybe 23 or something but it was quite serious like it was uh I was well really, you had to get attention somehow well, yeah. <laughs> um, I, but it was like, and then I became a drag queen. It's just like <laughs> there we go. <laughs> like, yeah, but it, I'm, I'm, it, it was actually really unpleasant because I spent a lot of time thinking that I was dying. Um, yeah, and so and like, and so I like, but then I wasn't dying, even though I thought that I was. Um, and but then I was like. It then it made me think about like depression because that's something that I've had for quite some time. And then it's something that I am currently medicated for, but it's, yeah. uh, <clears throat> it's strange to sort of think about uh, mental health as a sickness because I, I guess it kind of from like, or mental illness as a sickness, because like, it's kind of like addiction with it. Like it can, it can be like, it's an illness. It's a set of behaviors. It's like, uh, like, uh, like, the, you know, 
you would know like the words that people use to talk about this, but it's like, it's a number of different things, but like, and it, yeah. you can't encapsulate it with any one thing. Like it's a spiritual yes. poverty or something like this. And like, yeah. um, and so like when I was thinking, because I guess depression is like the closest thing that I've had to like a uh, chronic illness, um, because I've had it on and off for years and years. Um, and taking pills for it does make me better at the moment. Although it's yeah. like isolation is a bit bleak. I notice I'm getting better at <clears throat> noticing it, but like I started to feel really sort of like worried about the future and then really down on myself a couple of nights. And I was like, wait, this isn't normal for me anymore. And then uh, like went to bed and woke up feeling better. But I know I yeah. noticed that it's like, it's coming, uh, like it's coming to sit on my shoulder a little bit while I'm alone. <laughs> it's wrapping it to a window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's the, the, the depression is like the raven is wrapping at my window with a, with a picture of depression's hole, like hole. Like it's got depression's hole. <laughs> oh <pick>. God. <laughs> it's not. I much prefer the picture of Lenore's picture. <laughs> what would the hole of depression look like? Just Ooh, like a Dementor's, dear. you know, like a Dementor's mouth, how they, they have a bit, they have a bit of a sort of like a, like a, a goth rosebud vibe. <laughs> <laughs> like a rosebud, but it's all sort of like blackened. Yeah, yeah. Like varicose veins. And yeah, these sorts exactly. Of things. Yeah. Like a rosebud that's more hemorrhoid than anus. <laughs> but in like, in black and white. <laughs> it's more of a, more of a, more of a bramble thicket. Exactly. Exactly. So like, um, and then I was like, it's kind of useful. To, like it was useful. It's as thoughts. Sorry. <laughs> the hemorrhoids have spiked. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, please continue. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that, it's gone so gross. I'm not laughing anymore. Um, <laughs> no, no. Um, but uh, the, um, the, like, it's kind of useful to think about it as illness, but then also not. And I found that kind of interesting. Like, because it's like, so Mark Fisher talks about in, I, I think, a couple of different things. I think in Ghosts of My Life and in Capitalist Realism, about how, like, depression is conceived of, especially with, like, the, the dominance of, like, neuropharmacology in psychiatry, that depression is conceived of as, like, a chemical imbalance. And he says, basically, like, well, yeah, but what, have, what do we think causes that imbalance? Uh, mm. In the same way that, like, when we talk about... Um, uh, alcoholism is a sickness it's like okay but what causes that sickness like what social conditions cause people to become alcoholics or to become depressed or to become depressed alcoholics um <laughs> and um and so like it's useful because it's it's useful to sort of like think of it's useful for me to think when i have this thing where i start to worry really intensively and i can't think about other things and then i start to become obsessed with flaws and then i start to believe in a world which is centered basically around my own my own inadequacy and like mm. um like ludicrousness um uh then i can think okay those are sick thoughts those don't those don't belong to like the healthy me and so i can sort of like segment them and try not to like to like give myself over to them. And that is useful, but like, yeah. it's also not true. They don't come from like, you know, from a virus or like a brain, yeah. virus, like, you know? So like they are it's also a part of it. chronically sick bitch. 
I don't want to be a chronically sick bitch. You're sick. But like, but like, as in like, this is, it's kind of useful because it helps me with that. But then it's also not useful because it's like, well, that stuff comes from somewhere. Like, mm. you know, and it's like to pathologize that and then to sort of like, like to conceptualize that as something that's like external to me that like invades my otherwise normal and healthy body. Yes. is like, it isn't like that. That's not true either, you know? So, yeah, so I, well, I thought this from the beginning when you said to these various collections of words and all of these things and stuff like that, and you'd be like, well, it's kind of this, but it's kind of that. And it's like, all these things, none of them is that, because fundamentally, uh, at, like, try, in trying to understand, like, autism and various, uh, and things like that and stuff like that, I just think that the entire philosophical model of the... Uh, of the enlightenment uh, that we use to that we've used to sort of create the health system that we have with this fucking like wand and the two snakes wrapped around it and all of these things like I think that with with mental health with these sorts of these these complexes that are, are resulting in these things like you actually need a model of like Spinozan imminence which is that we have as opposed to a dualistic model of inside and outside and what you just come around to say at the very final end or like healthy saying, and path- pathological yeah, healthy and sick, you know, like they're yeah. like, I'm healthy, and then there's this external thing that comes and invades it. Like, that's basically a part of like binary thinking, like, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, that the binary of the mind and the body was in place anatomically until 2015. Like, that's when the, the brain blood barrier was formally uh, dismissed. But, like, Judith Butler writes in the 90s about the misogyny, uh, like, the misogyny of the mind body divide being like well documented. Yeah. So, it's sort of like, it's even that the, um, <clears throat> that we have this sort of like very categorical model, which requires like binaries and sort of structures. And it allows us to do amazing things. It allows us to do stuff like surgery, right? You know, like all of this stuff, like, uh, but the thing is though, is that it's coming to understand that there's this thing they say in AA, right? Where it's like a very classic thing, but it's like, when you, when you change the way you look at things, the things you're looking at change. Yeah. And it's understanding that even the perspective that we are looking at something itself is constructed by part of the thing that is part of the process that is perhaps also implicit in some way. And this is like Foucault's whole thing, right? Yeah, it's Foucault's whole thing. And then it's also about Homi Baba as well, talked about Mm -hmm. this with the idea of the genealogical gaze. So Mm -hmm. Foucault like pioneered the term genealogy. Um, I think he probably, did he pioneer the term genealogy? Kind of thing, but he was also basically just formalizing the works of Nietzsche, so it's kind of a bit like, uh, and so he talks about the idea of like multiple histories. And Nietzsche himself, um, wasn't directly referencing Spinoza, but then it's all there. And Spinoza basically just had the attitude that God was just in everything, which is mm. also this kind of like, uh, rather than saying that there's this kind of external God, so it's just this sort of like thing where it's like within, and so it's more of a something that is akin to uh the way certain uh, indigenous societies see the world or something like that as well where it's actually where rather than uh it's just something that also when even when it's just a very it's a very normal thing that people express when they say like i think that everything is somehow part of everything as well kind of thing like when uh uh was it like honey boo boo said everyone's a little bit gay 
Exactly like that. Exactly <laughs> like Honey Boo Boo. That is a very like excellent use of like delusion assemblages of sexuality there, Honey Boo Boo. <laughs> like, everyone's a little gay. <laughs> because also, even if they aren't directly gay themselves, they're associated with something that's a little gay in some way. So everyone's a little gay. It's just like that. So everyone's a little sick and everyone's a bit like this and stuff like that. Yeah, I know. But it's also just like, it's, and then so it, when it comes down to it, it's basically seeing, like trying to like render like binary purisms of like healthy and like external sicknesses when we are within complexes, like a, a, a schizophrenic capitalism itself that produces sickness, that produces alcoholism, that produces all of these things as well. It's kind of like, it doesn't, it doesn't really uphold or hold up in the yeah. same way. It's quite, it's quite, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. It, it makes me mm. think also of the way that like uh, a lot of, things in female bodies that just happen are conceived of or used in medical language that um, that like is like couched in sickness. So like in particular with mm. menstruation and with menopause. Um, yeah. Like, and that they cause, they produce like symptoms that need to be treated or, or like uh, conceiving of like the loss of the uterial lining as some sort of failure, <laughs> failure <laughs> of the body. Lost. Uh, to to like to like maintain its internal integrity rather than just like you threw out your uteral lining. Yeah, how could you? Yeah, or like like the continued existence of like um, female humans after menopause um, as like some sort of like freak anomaly or like oh. so like, you know something like this. And so like um, and also <laughs> and also it just makes me think as well that like all human bodies die. And so, yeah. like, when we think, like, the, the state, maybe this isn't so profound, but I just, I just thought of it while you were saying this, that yeah. it's, like, it's interesting to think of, like, the, the healthy human body. Um, this is a state that, like, not, no human body, um, like, is able to maintain for any, yeah. like, meaningful length yeah. of time. That, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. that, like, we start dying, you know, it's a cliche, but we start dying as soon as we're born, right? Um, it's just yeah. some, some of us are better at it than others, <laughs> but, oh, oh, oh. Uh, but like, but like, I meant in terms of dying, not in terms of surviving, because that, that, that has a whole, whole series, a whole series of, uh, of very problematic associations. I meant the more problematic ones, which was to say that that dying is an achievement. Um, well, it depends. It depends very much as well. It's one of these things when you. It's also that sort of says that. It's it's very much on on perspective because we we mentioned this before as well, like talking about the idea, like Alistair Crowley talks about basically like finding uh, every act as an orgasm, and not seeing yourself as like a a, a skeleton ship whose sails like fill on a trip to the grave, and you were like that sounds fab. Do you remember? Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's not on slurry. You should just listen to the back. Okay. Because like, like no. that does sound amazing. I like it. You know, it makes me think. Where of like, mm. if every act is an orgasm, that sounds amazing and exhausting. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. But like, after I was bashed because I got like this head trauma, um, I, the first orgasm that I had gave me a migraine, and then I was getting migraines like every for every time I had an oh. orgasm for like a month afterwards, and it was the strangest experience. And I think life is kind of like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because the like, first thing I do when I have a headache is I have, like, have a wank. So that sounds really terrible. I mean, I wasn't, you know. Yeah, it's, like, it's a, it's a post-bash, life is a post-bash orgasm. <laughs> <laughs> Only the orgasm belongs to your parents. Yeah. 
You I'm know, you don't even one of them. You know the song, uh, the song, uh, uh, what is it? Like Hey Now by Smash Mouth. You know, the one in Shrek. Oh my God. Wait, what the fuck is this really where this is going? All-star, hey, all-star. Um, you're an all-star. all-star. Get yeah, yeah. game on, get paid. Yeah. That, that song could be also called um, post-bash orgasm. Post-bash. Oh my God. Have you seen that the lyrics of that song translated into Aramaic and then back into English? It's no. so funny. Okay, I'm going to look it up now. Uh, well, okay, well, you look that up. I found the quote I was talking about. Wait, so, yeah. So, Alice Curley talks about the idea, like, let's see. Oh, something to, wait, to regain innocence is to regain Eden. We must learn to live without the murderous consciousness that, that every breath we draw swells the sails which bear our frail vessels to the port of the grave. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, I think the, the only way to respond to this would be, uh, to, so this is the song that's like, hey now, you're an all-star, and it's somebody wants to tell me. Yeah. So, so this is it, translated into Aramaic and then back into English. I'm going to read you the whole thing because it's so Let's do it. I'm ready. There was one who said unto me that the universe was going to cause me to tremble. I am not the sharpest cutting implement in the storehouse. She had the appearance unto me as a stupid one, with her finger and her thumb in the shake, uh, shape, in the frame of a Greek gamma upon her forehead. Behold, the years begin coming and do not cease from coming, fed unto the axioms, and I fell unto the earth and ran. It was not pleasurable, if not to live for the sake of pleasurable things. Your brain increases its wisdom, but your heart increases its stupidity. A great amount to do, a great amount to see. Therefore, there is no difficult problem if we take the streets of the backside. You will not know if you do not go. You will not shine if you do not glow. And this is the best part. Behold, currently, you are entirely a star child. Begin your power. Go, laugh. Behold, currently... You are a master of the music. Begin your singing. Acquire your wages. All that sparkles is gold. Comets alone shatter the frame. Oh my God. Comets alone shatter the frame. Behold, currently you are entirely a star child. I'm entirely a star child. Isn't I'm it amazing? entirely a star child. It's phenomenal. Oh my God. Have you seen the animation The Last Unicorn? No. It's a really good, uh, anim- like, Norwegian animation or of a Norwegian tale, something like that. It's like the 70s. It's, like, really weird, non-normative, vintage animation that's not Disney, but, like, has that qu- that sort of quality to it. So it's, like, really nice. And um, uh, and the story is great because it's not, like, it's, like, there's, there's like, uh, romance, but it's not, like, a romance story of these sorts of things. And then, but there's a, a un- there's the last unicorn, and someone's stealing all the unicorns, and she has to go and find the unicorns. And at one point, she gets turned into a, hu- like, the unicorns are immortal, she gets turned into a human. Uh, oh, that would suck. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yeah, literally, literally. And they're, like, they're, like, they're trying, and she's, like, in a fetal position, crying on the floor. And they're, like, no, come on, we've got to go, we've got to go. And it's, like, and she's, like, oh, my God, no. And they're, like, no, it's okay, it's okay. She's, like, I'm not a human. I'm a unicorn. I'm a unicorn. And then, like, she's like in complete, like, just like there in complete denial. And this is always how I used to feel, like, basically, like the night after a club. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then she says, then she says, I'm more afraid of this human body than I ever was of the Red Bull. I can feel this human body dying all around me. Oh my God, mood. Oh my God. Okay, clip. I would love to continue this conversation, but I think this is the perfect ending. Oh my God. It's the <laughs> I can feel this human body dying all around. Me. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, you know, I may be a sick bitch, but there's nothing that makes me feel better about being a sick bitch than uh, talking to you. Yeah, because that's my like, like, fucking, like, authentically, fucking, completely 100% sick bitch as well. For different reasons. Yeah. Um, and bitch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you liked this episode, uh, feel free to share it on uh, on your socials, on your social yeah. media. You can uh, TikTok that shit, period. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then uh, oh, apparently a, a, a youth word now is sheesh, which like sheesh. Oh. Fucking shut up. That's so dumb. Um, (laughs) um, But uh, share it. If you want, you can donate uh, to us to help uh, pay the hosting fee. Um, Yes, uh, which Olympia pays. (laughs) So you should do that. Yeah. You fucking bitches. Yeah, you (laughs) sick bitches. Um, Yeah. And, Be a sick bitch. Donate today. And like, we have done this. We, 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 this is like less than a month in between episodes. We've done it. We've did it on time as include. We did it. We did we did it. We 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 did it. Done 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 all did it. There you go. Done 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 done. And we done it. It's happened to da there's a big plate of slurry for you. Yeah, drink up you sick bitches. talk to you next month. You are sick right yeah see you next month. Bye